Bethany. And Cody here. Grab a cup of coffee, pull up a chair, and join us because today we have a special treat in store for you. Today we're going to tell you a little bit about how the Lord brought us from the pit pit to to the the palace. palace. I know so many of you have this story where the Lord has brought you from dark despair to the mountaintop. And we're going to just tell you a little bit about how we got there ourselves. So, Cody, you're going to kick it off. I want you to tell us a little bit about how you and I met. Where did we all start? Where did we begin? Awesome. Okay, so my dad used to drive for travel buses. And I remember my dad coming home one day and he was like, oh, my gosh, you have to go to this church. This Mm -hmm. youth group is on fire. The Holy Spirit's all over these kids. And you are actually one of them that got off the bus yeah. and I met and I remember it was like instant friendship. Then it was, we were about 12 or so. Yeah. Um, you actually went to Hunting Ridge. Hunting mm-hmm. Ridge Church Shortly of God. after that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hunting Ridge Church of God. And we just became friends since then. Yeah. And, and we went to school together, but we didn't know each other because we were in a great apart. So yeah. Yeah. So that was fun. And that's pretty much the foundation of our friendship. I remember that trip so well. I I loved your dad. As soon as I met him, he was so precious. And I remember the one of the last nights we were there, this was the moment where he was like, something is different about these guys. We went to a concert. It was actually third day. Okay. And it was the last night of our um, Winterfest concert. And I'm talking about the Lord showed up so strong that it rocked our youth group. I'm talking about people were slain in the spirit. This one girl was so just completely drunk in the spirit. There's like no other way to say it. She was so intoxicated by the presence of God. She could not walk. We physically had to carry her out of the church. And I remember being on the bus and she's laid out and the police officers who were the security stopped us and said, what's going on? And we're like, oh, she's just drunk in the spirit. And they're like, she's been drinking. Like How they literally she? thought, she, yeah, they literally thought she was like intoxicated, but she was not. She was so just full of the Holy Spirit and the whole, all of us were just, just radically encountering the Lord on that trip. And I remember your dad sitting out there on the bus and he was just like, what is going on? And like, we're like, man, it's Jesus, man. He has just hit us so strong. And he drove us home. And when we got off the bus, he said, I've got to tell my family, I'm going to tell my family. And when I saw you at church, I remember sitting a couple seats behind the first time. And he was like, these are my kids. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's just, I knew that he was going to be family. Like we were going to be connected in some ways. You just kind of meet people you just know. So that makes me think of how the Lord brought us back together. Mm -hmm. I just think about you ignited my fire Mm -hmm. back then. And so I'll just share a little bit. We went through dating together, having kids together, college. college. (laughs) So we went through all of that. And I remember coming and seeing you. And it was like, that again was like the reconnection moment that Mm -hmm. we had. And so I guess there was a couple of years in between that too, where you were really, the Lord was really drawing you into a deeper intimacy with Mm -hmm. him. And I remember you coming to my house when you moved back home and I just think about that trip with the bus. Like I saw you and you ignited my fire. And then here I was, the comfortable Christian going to church every Sunday. I was just, you know, so holy because I went to church and went to Sunday school. <laughs> and I was the opposite. <laughs> and and you were like, there's so much more, girl. Yeah. And I'm like, what? No, like, you know, I re- mm-hmm. actually remember you just sat with me and talked with me about Jesus and, and you... 
I know this is crazy, but I remember even having a beer and you just didn't care. Like (laughs) you didn't care what I looked like on the outside or like Mm -hmm. the things that you obviously knew I needed to put down. I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah. I was just like, I love you. I want to share him. I want to share Jesus with you. And so I just think about that. That just hit me. I've actually never thought about that, but you ignited my fire then. And then, you know, here you're like, Hey, there's more, you know, and you reignited me again. And so I just think that's so beautiful how the Lord kind of like double portioned that, you know, yeah. and we always talk about how we're double portioned because we're totally opposite, but we somehow seem to like <laughs> to be around each other. Yeah. Anyways. So I want to ask you, like, tell me, I remember you telling me a vision about the Lord and how he came to you in one of your darkest hours oh my God, um, yeah. and literally pulled you from the pits of hell and just radically change you forever. So yeah. Share that vision. Okay. So yeah, I was in literally probably one of the darkest places of my life. I was in a abusive marriage in every sense of the word. And I don't mean just the one where, you know, you're getting called names or you're fighting. Like I was physically abused, emotionally abused, um, sexually abused, all of the abused on a daily basis. I lived in terror that that day might be my last that he would actually act on some of the things that I was being threatened with. And my parents lived in fear. My kids lived in fear. We all lived in fear. It was, it was terrible. But I remember even in the midst of all that, it's like, I knew that, that that wasn't the end. You know what I mean? Like I knew I'm not going out like this. I had so much of a fight in me, even then that I was, even though I was surviving, it was like the Lord was taking me through that process of getting my fight back to really fight for my life and fight for my children and fight for the promises that he had spoken over my life, you know, so many years ago. Well, and you had a foundation of your dad being a pastor. So, I mean, absolutely, you you absolutely had a pretty strong foundation to know that there was, there was something. Yeah. He had more for sure. You know, I'd even had a vision at 16 that I was called to preach and I'm like, you crazy. (laughs) So, but I remember sitting there and I told the Lord, it was in like one of the hardest moments. And I said, God, if you get me out of here, I will serve you every day the rest of my life. And I truly meant it. Like, I remember that moment being like, I, if you'll do this for me, I'm in, I'm a hundred percent in. And it's seven (laughs) days later. It was exactly seven days later. I was in my bed and, you know, it's like Paul says, you know, whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know whether it was a transvision or a vision or an encounter of some sort. I will tell you that the Lord showed up in my room that night and it was such a powerful encounter I saw the Lord in almost like this vortex. He was almost like in a, it was like a windstorm. It was, he was in the wind and he was in all white and I couldn't see his face. All I could see was his hand and his hand was so big and it was in front of me. And he said, focus on me. And as I did that, I saw chains all over my chest, all around me. I was just weighted down in these massive chains and he broke the chains and he said, I've redeemed you. Mm. and he took his hand and he pulled my heart out of my chest. And when he did, my heart was green and it was black and it was just filthy and disgusting. And he started turning it and almost like wringing it out like a washcloth. He just was like turning it and turning it. And every time he turned and he turned it and he spun it, it was, it was like he was cleaning it. And when he stopped, it was perfect. It was fleshy. It was pink. It was beating. It was perfect. And he put it back on my chest and he said, I'm giving you a new heart. Mm. And when I looked out, I could see my husband at the time. It was like a it, the vision turned gray and I could see my husband. I could see my um, two children. I could see his daughter. And I saw him standing with a shovel and there were four graves. Oh, 
And I knew that this, if I stayed where I was, not only was I dead, but I was a a spiritual death, you know, possibly a physical death. I don't know, but I saw graves and I said, okay, Lord. And I began to see this, this wrestling of light. I saw this bright light that came and overshadowed. And then I saw these shadows and it was like this, they were warring for my soul. Like Mm -hmm. I could literally feel this wrestling and this warring and I could see it. I could see the lights. And it went on for a few moments and I turned and I saw my husband at the time. And this was the craziest thing. This is what tripped me up <laughs> because he was originally from New Orleans and I saw him in a voodoo headpiece, like, like the chief headpiece wow. thing with all the feathers and the, and the things in the neck. And I saw the war paint he had on orange and black paint and it was all over his face. And I just remember going, you're the devil. you're the devil like you literally are the devil and it freaked me out and I was like oh my gosh and I come back to myself and I remember laying there and I was like oh my gosh like what is happening what something is really happening again I could see the lights the wrestling and I began to hear this shrieking like shrill screaming in my head and I was going oh my I'm literally going crazy because I'm in my body I could, I I mean, I'm in my mind, but I'm hearing this, this screaming in my head. And I thought I'm having a psychotic break. Like I'm literally (laughs) breaking. And I even remember saying something to him, like, I think I'm going crazy. Like something's happening to me right now. I don't know what, I don't know what's happening, but something is happening. And all of a sudden it went dead silent and I passed out, like passed out cold. And I rolled over the next morning. I didn't wake again until the next morning. And I woke up completely free. Wow. I woke up clear in my head, in my mind for the first time in so long. And I remember looking at him and I said, I'm done. I said, I saw Jesus. I said, I will never (laughs) touch any of that stuff ever again. I said, and I'm seeking the Lord. And I began to fast. I fast for three days. I did a full water only fast for three days. It was the first time I ever heard the audible voice of the Lord. And he said, I am your provider. Wow. And I did another 21 day fast and I fasted the gym. I fasted any, anything that would take my attention away. And I began to study the book of Ruth and I just ate it. Like it was bread every day. And at the end of the three weeks, I knew that the Lord was calling me to leave and to walk out. I started having prophetic dreams. The Lord started igniting wow, that prophetic. Just totally igniting. Yes. I mean, it like set everything Instant. off. I was seeing snakes in my dream. I was seeing my house on fire. I was seeing all these things that the Lord was really warning me, like, you've got to do this. And it took me a little while. You know, it wasn't immediate. It took me a few months to get things together and to to get the courage really to step out. But my family began to support me and which they always supported me. But yeah, it really started the steps of obedience to walk it out. Wow. And so I remember you saying that, like, there was just one chance after you did all that and after you really just like sought the Lord that you said that you had like 20 minutes to get out and your Mm -hmm. dad had to come get you and you knew you had to Mm -hmm. leave it behind, like your car, like your credit cards, like everything you had to. And, and also like you, he would, I mean, y'all's financial was like millions, right? Like, Oh yeah. He was, well, his mother had married um, a billionaire from uh, Europe. He was actually um, wow. high risk insurance sales. Yeah. So yeah, it, 20 million, I think was, wow. was what he stood to inherit and so or you, 40% of it anyway. So you left um, it all. I did. I left it all. And and that, of course that was nothing. I, no. I never, well, when you met Jesus, girl, I mean, you're I, like, I'll, I'll even, leave it all. Even when I was, even <laughs> when we were in it, in all the mix of it, it was, it just always felt so dirty. It felt yeah, so wrong. It yeah. felt so like, yeah. 
but yeah, but he, to know that like you stepped away from I that, left it all. I like, left my car, I left my debit card. I, I mean, he says, it "Leave it all and follow yeah. me," and you literally like price. have a walk-in testimony mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, and I just wow, like I don't have a testimony like that, but wow, like. Well, thank the Lord that you didn't get yourself in the mess I did either. <laughs> no, I didn't. But I was gonna God say I was gonna say this just so that this part of your testimony that I feel is so important was that you actually were deceived because you thought that he was good. Yeah. And when you married him, it wasn't like you married this person. You yeah. actually married an angel of light who presented themselves as a Christian, a Christian, yes. you know, was going to meetings that they were supposedly Jesus meetings and they ended up being drug meetings. And, and so it's like, you know, I wanted yeah. to say that because it's not like you just stepped in, you were raised in church, mm-hmm. you had a foundation. Your parents are mighty prayer warriors. Mm-hmm. Your dad has such a beautiful representation of the father. And so you had that foundation. Mm-hmm. You had all of that. So it wasn't like you just chose to be in this. Right. You actually were deceived. Mm-hmm. And I just think that is so crazy how the enemy, when yeah. he knows that you have a mighty calling and yeah. a powerful calling on your life. He will do whatever it takes. Well, you know, he uses the one thing that you want the most against you. And one of the things, you know, I, I wanted love so bad. I was so hungry and so desperate mm. for love. I'd already come out of a, of a marriage that had ended previously. And I was just, I just wanted love. I didn't understand this, yeah. this void in my heart. I did not, I was, I was not running after the Lord. I was that superficial Christian is what I call it. It was just surface level. Just, you know, we were going to church on Sundays. I was just, you know, I was raising my kids. I was, you know, building my career, doing the thing. And then it's like, I just want that love. And when I met him, he was, you know, a four-time war vet. He had, you know, this great story. He loved his daughter there, you know, all these things. And you know, he was going to church on Sunday. In fact, he brought me dinner after a church service. You know, he wanted to go to church on Sundays. He was very active in it. So I thought, come to find out he's going to NA meetings and he's on, he's in drug court and all these things are happening. But, you know, when you jump into something and your, and your desires deceive you, yeah, you're blinded. You're so blinded. And that's why it's so important that we really crucify our, our, ourselves. Like we, put those desires our needs and wants. And- yeah. And we put that down and we really allow the Lord to search our hearts and to purify those desires so that they line up with his desires because yeah. they will lead you astray every time. And they can literally blind you. They because- can steal your call. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> steal your mean, call, your purpose, your anointing, like yeah. whatever you're called to. I just love this scripture. And I think this is, it pretty much just says exactly what the Lord did for you. And it's first Peter two, nine, it says, but you are not like that for you are a chosen people. You are royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And you said that you saw the dark and the light battling. Mm -hmm. And I just love that, that he literally showed you that he was going to take your heart Mm-hmm. And just completely cleanse it from everything sure um, of darkness and, mm-hmm. and bring it into light and, and restore it. You know, you know, that doesn't happen overnight. I think that's no. a big misconception that people think. Like, Absolutely. You know, when you go through a process like that, when the Lord starts dealing with those things, he does it in layers. If it, We have to 
not only does he heal us from wounds, but he also retrains us how to think. Yes. And what is it that causes us to fall into those traps mm-hmm. to begin with? What are those unhealed places in our souls and in our hearts yeah. that the enemy still has hooks in? Yeah. where he could really lead us into temptation by those things. So that process for me took three years. It took yeah. three very long years of really sitting with the Lord and sitting in the presence of the Lord and allowing the Lord to expose those things mm-hmm. and to bring those things to surface. And had yeah. I not had the courage to really to sit down and allow him to do that, I would not walk in the freedom that I do today. And yeah. it is a price. You pay a price Absolutely. to let him cleanse you and purify you. When I love in your vision, you said he wrung your heart out. And Mm -hmm. I think about even a rag. I mean, you have to squeeze that thing a couple (laughs) of times. You have to twist it and like, you know, turn it. And I mean, and mine was dark girl was black. Yeah. I mean, I think about the way that you described him, him, him wringing out your heart. That is the part of the process. And you were saying it's in layers. And like every time he wrung it, that was a different layer, a different depth, you know, Psalms 51 is exactly what she said. It says, creating me a clean heart. Oh God, renew a loyal spirit within me. I love that. Loyal, that, loyal, yeah. not so taken renew, by the world. renew, renew, mm-hmm. like process, yeah. you know, a loyal spirit within me. So, you know, a lot of people are just like, oh, well, you know, I accepted Jesus. I'm good. Yeah, no. Well, no, you, you need to cross and follow me. Yeah. Daily. <laughs> he said yeah. daily. Paul says, I crucify myself daily. Yeah. And so there's a process. And I just think that is so beautiful about the process of the healing of the heart. I was mm-hmm. actually earlier this morning, I was with the Lord and, and he just said, think about the different parts of a heart. Mm-hmm. You know, there's four chambers in a heart. Mm-hmm. There's four valves and, and, you know, the, the valves are the gates. Mm-hmm. And so I just think about like, there's so many different sections and parts and, and pieces that he has to literally touch, you know, to, mm-hmm. to complete that process of that heart being healed. Right. Yeah. And I just, mm-hmm. wow. That it's really important. I think that as Christians, we allow the Lord to touch our heart. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it doesn't feel so good. Sometimes you run straight. Sometimes he has to like break our legs, you yeah. know, to get us to submit. Hopefully you don't let, don't get to that point yeah. because it's rough. <laughs> but I think we all need to go there at some point to know mm-hmm. how rough it is, you know, to learn to submit, to learn to yield. Mm-hmm. But Jacob wrestled. Yeah. Jacob wrestled all Jacob night. Jacob wrestled. Gonna wrestle, he, but... he received his blessing. You know, the beauty of it, though, is even in those moments, even when you fight and you wrestle, like, I think there's so much beauty even in that because it really shows you how much the Lord loves you because it's not, he just doesn't want to come in and beat you and whip no, you and, yeah. and chastise you and correct you. And like, we look at so many times, even in, in with specific teachings and, and ministers and things will come and give this repentance message that we all need to hear. And I am not discounting that, but he doesn't whip and beat us. No, like he, he already did us. that for us. And even when we wrestle, it's, it's like, he said, Jacob said, I, I'm going to wrestle you till I get the blessing. Like, I'm not going to stop. Yeah. He walked with a limp. <laughs> Trust me, he walked with a lamp the yeah, rest of his life. But he was willing to pay the price. But but he said, I will not let go of you until you bless me. Yeah. And I think God honors that so much. Like wrestle, wrestle with me so I can show you how much I love you. I can show mm-hmm. you how much I desire to bless you. Yeah. 
You know, he doesn't, he's not out to hurt us. He's out to heal us and to help us and to help us to grow so that we can go and heal others. You hear that thing all the time that people say, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Yes. And healed people, heal people. Yeah. So as we heal, we are to heal others. Yeah, absolutely. I think we miss that sometimes, you know, we, we get so focused on what we need and I'll just share this small vision that the Lord told me, you know, when I was going through my process and, you know, he said, Cody, he gave me this vision of a cup. I was, there was this big, long line of people. And I gave the person in front of me a drink of the wine. And then as I gave them a drink, he gave me a drink. And he said, mm-hmm. when you heal, yes, you will be healed. And Come so on. I think there's a place where we need to learn to sit with the Lord and, you know, get that foundation for ourselves. But then I also think there is a time where we need to step out in healing mm-hmm. to get healing because he says, give and you will receive, but we do need to take that time. And and this is what we are going to really dig into, into each podcast and just talk about our testimonies, how the Lord corrected us, you know, sometimes, healed I us. mean, healed us, <laughs> yeah. how he delivered us. I mean, yeah. we've, you know, we've been through a lot and the Lord has just radically moved in both of our lives to bring forth our purpose and our calling mm-hmm. and for us to actually walk in that. But it, there is a price to pay. And, you know, he's coming back for a spotless bride. Yeah. And we really need to understand that that spotless comes from our heart. Yeah. It doesn't come, come from what our flesh looks like. Yeah. Because when goodness. because yeah. when when the father looks at us in the flesh, he sees Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus paid the price for that, but there will be an evaluation of our heart and that's the part that needs to be spotless. Amen. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, I just want to take a moment because I don't ever want to miss an opportunity for anybody who has not received Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. And so if you're listening today and you say, well, I've never had a vision like that. You know, I've never seen Jesus. I've, I really don't know much about this Jesus. And I'll say this, he's more involved in your life than you acknowledge or know, Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of times the enemy blinds us to Mm -hmm. what Jesus is doing in our life. And, and the fact that he is so involved, we Mm -hmm. just, we don't, We don't recognize it, I feel. And so, well, the word says, if you make your bed in hell, he'll still be with you. Exactly. And I promise you, he was with me in my bed in hell. Well, yeah, he ripped me out of it. And he pulled me out of it. And there is (laughs) nobody that's too far from his reach. Absolutely. So if you feel like you can't, you can't receive Jesus's free gift of salvation, it is free. There's no, there's no (laughs) price to pay for salvation. There is a price to pay for walking and, and this, and the anointing and the oil and, you know, becoming a disciple. There is a price for that, but there is no price to pay for salvation and freedom. And so the Lord's ultimate will is that none should perish. So if that's you today and you just want to take a moment and say, you know what? I don't really know. Maybe you don't know, or maybe you feel like you've, you've not given the Lord your whole heart. You know, I would love for us to just take a moment and just say a simple little prayer. It is just a position of your heart in positioning your heart before the Lord and saying, Lord, I want a clean heart. I want, I want your heart. And so if you would just repeat this prayer after me, if you feel that just reposition the Lord as the center of your life, just repeat after me, say, Lord Jesus, I love you. And I want to know you more. 
I ask you to be the Lord of my life and I give you everything I got. I don't have much, but I give you everything I got. And I just ask that you would be in charge of my life, that you would take my life and my heart into your hands and help me to walk as you would have me walk. I repent of all of my sins and I ask that your blood would cover me in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Well, guys, we have an email. If you heard this podcast, if you enjoyed it, if you want to hear more, if you just want to connect, we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear your stories. If you have a testimony that's anywhere close to what you've heard today, or even not, if, if you just have questions or you just want to say, hey, I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Whatever. I want if you to you email. don't have anything nice to say, you don't have to email us. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, don't send us um, an email. But yeah, so send us an email. It's at, <laughs> is it the healed hearts? The healed hearts at gmail.com. Yes, we want to hear your story. We want to connect with you. If you yeah. just need someone to talk to, like we're here to listen. I, mm-hmm. I just feel like there's some people that just, maybe they just don't, you know, they don't feel heard. Yeah. And so if you just want to send us an email, we'd love to, to just love on you. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, we're going to release a podcast weekly. Every Friday, we'll be releasing a podcast. So just keep your eye out. Yep. We will see you then. Bye guys.